It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. As the planetary circus of insanity continues to close in on all of us, I ask, how many are willing to stand against it? No one can muster much enthusiasm for a government which puts you in jail if you open your mouth. That was an inarguable nugget of truth from Orwell. And about being jailed for attempting to tell the truth, Julian Assange is a stunning example. Where are the so-called patriots? Why aren't they standing up for Assange? If the line in the sand is not drawn now, there will be no second chance. And there's this to consider. Like a drug, the machine, i.e. the matrix, is useful, dangerous, and habit-forming. The oftener one surrenders to it, the tighter its grip becomes. If liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they don't want to hear. Another nugget from Orwell. But expect to be shunned for doing so, such as the price of being able to look yourself in the mirror without shame. So be it. It's a price worth paying. The power structure controlled corporate media, aka the Ministry of Mass Deception, Division and Distraction, continues to pump out propaganda at ever more alarming levels. And sadly, the majority of the masses are, even now, all too willing to be deceived, divided and distracted. Global chaos and collapse is unfolding on countless fronts, ecological and societal. Engineered climate chaos reigns in our skies, engineered societal chaos on the ground. Death by a thousand cuts. Such is the saga of the now unfolding reality on all fronts. Who are the ones wielding the swords? Deep down, many know and are increasingly beginning to face the fact that hiding from the truth and pretending it will somehow magically go away by doing so is not working. It never has and it never will. The so-called climate scientists continue to pretend they're telling us the truth while they simultaneously pretend climate engineering operations are only a proposal. Though all but the clinically blind can see geoengineering programs raging in our skies. Is the medical industrial complex and big pharma being any more truthful? Does that question even deserve an answer? Many formerly unquestioned narratives are now unraveling. The masses are beginning to awaken. The global controllers are now more desperate and dangerous than ever before. Geoengineeringwatch.org has warned that this time would come, that when biosphere collapse became impossible to hide, power structure desperation would go exponential. How long do we have until they play the cards which they still hold in their possession? Which cards have they, the controllers, already played? In this broadcast, Biden warns of, quote, winter of severe illness and death, end quote. How do climate engineering operations connect to this equation? Are the rapidly worsening weather, freeze-fry extremes, just random acts of nature? Or is there much, much more to consider? How many lies have we been told? What aren't we being told? Stay tuned. Also in this broadcast, an end-of-the-age comprehensive rundown on the converging threats that will very soon determine our collective future and, indeed, our fate. This is Dane Wigington, host of the Commercial Free Global Alert News Hour, a weekly non-political report that addresses and connects the most dire and immediate threats that we collectively face. This is installment number 333 of the Bad News Broadcast, December 25th, 2021. It's brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of global climate intervention operations. This broadcast is now on the air in numerous AM and FM stations throughout the U.S. In Northern California, Oregon, Washington State, Colorado, Texas, Florida, Alabama, Ohio, New York, and most recently on the West Coast, Sacramento, San Francisco, and San Diego. My most sincere gratitude to those that have helped geoengineeringwatch.org to expand our desperate efforts to sound the alarm. Look up. Ask yourself, where have our deep blue skies gone? Why are weather patterns now so erratic and so destructive? And though there are indeed countless contributing factors, what core part of the equation continues to be denied 
by all official sources and the corporate media they control. To learn what you never wanted to know about ongoing climate intervention operations, view the groundbreaking new documentary film, The Dimming, available to view for free on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Much to cover. Let's press on. About Biden's quote on the coming, quote, winter of severe illness and death, end quote, how many will summon the courage to dig deeper? If you think that the power structure control corporate media ministry of propaganda is telling you the truth about anything that matters, think again. Question, from what direction are we most vulnerable for many reasons? Again, please, please look up. Connect the dots. We're almost out of time. Impact draws near. If you think the controllers would ask for the public's permission before deploying worldwide climate disruption operations, time to wake up. Here's one puzzle piece to consider. Listen carefully to this 15-second audio statement from Dr. Ken Caldera, a scientist that formerly served the U.S. Department of Defense and who now works directly for Bill Gates. Listen carefully. Here it is. Now, you could imagine, though, say, putting pathogens in a cloud, let the cloud, uh, you know, go over somewhere, and then it would rain down on your enemy and create, you know, do chemical or germ warfare in this kind of way. To repeat what Dr. Caldera just suggested, putting pathogens into clouds and letting them rain down on your enemy. A question for Mr. Caldera and those whom he serves. Define enemy. Could that be anyone that doesn't agree with or go along with you and those you work for? I'll leave it to the listener to decide. Again, that was Dr. Ken Caldera, former U.S. Department of Defense scientist, now working directly for Bill Gates. How's the international engineered weather mayhem looking? Wildly fluctuating temperature and moisture extremes and getting rapidly worse. Does anyone else wonder what might be in all those raindrops besides rain? The weather makers have fire-hosed moisture into the U.S. West. A relentless parade of geoengineering jet aircraft carry out cloud-seeding operations with climate engineering elements, which include elements associated with patented processes of chemical ice nucleation. Translation, the weather makers are routinely creating radical surface cool-downs as they engineer winter weather mayhem, just in time for the holidays. Imagine that. And when you see a break in the clouds, what's commonly seen above it? A dirty, dingy, white canopy of climate engineering aerosol filth. Don't believe it? I understand. But I'm asking for honest and objective investigation to be done. Start with searching this heading. I've stated this on this broadcast many times. I'm pleading with people to research this information. Chinese scientists engineer snowstorm. Though the Chinese no longer openly admit to this practice because their population was about to riot over it, they did acknowledge it. In the early 2000s, many media sources covered the catastrophic results. Media sources like ABC News, Popular Science, Fox News, Reuters, the UK Guardian, Scientific American, CNN, Time Magazine, Business Insider, the list goes on. Need I continue? Again, not asking anyone to believe me. I'm only asking for listeners to summon the courage to honestly and objectively investigate. After reviewing the reports from the sources just cited, search the Engineering Winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Review the articles that section contains. Next, review the geoengineeringwatch.org extensive list of weather modification patents, which can be found online under that exact title. A list of weather and climate modification patents that spans 130 years, from 1891 to 2021. A list that continues to grow, along with the expansion of total insanity on every front that we're all now drowning in. Yet, due to ongoing official denial from the U.S. government and the so-called climate science community, the willful public apathy continues regarding what can only be described as weather warfare. This is not in any way a denial of the countless other forms of human-caused damage to the climate and the environment. It's simply to make clear that there can be no legitimate discussion of the climate from any perspective without first and foremost acknowledging and addressing the ongoing and accelerating climate disruption operations. And about the climate engineering operations themselves, that subject can't legitimately be addressed without acknowledging chemical ice nucleation operations and winter weather mayhem 
that these operations create. This question, why are so many so-called independent media sources who claim to be in the fight to expose climate engineering, not just ignoring the chemical ice nucleation component, but further falsely claiming such engineered winter weather is confirmation of, quote, global cooling? Exactly the narrative the controllers and the climate engineers want the public to parrot, covering the tracks of the climate engineers. Climate disruption operations are creating rapidly more severe weather and temperature whiplash scenarios. Search and view the short video report with this title, Geoengineering Creating Freeze-Fry Extremes. Please view it, share it, help us to sound the alarm while it can still make a difference. On that note, as we hit the end of the year, again, the U.S. Northwest is being blasted with winter weather warfare, i.e. lots of moisture being seeded with patented chemical ice nucleating elements, the supercooled air created is dense and heavy. It sinks to the surface. Temperatures plummet. Temperatures in parts of the Northwest are scheduled to drop to 40 degrees below normal in some of the same regions that were over 121 degrees only months ago. So hot months ago along the Pacific coast of British Columbia that over a billion sea creatures were literally fried alive. Billion with a B. Again, please don't believe me. All I'm asking is for honest investigation without bias. At the same time, the coming record cold is scheduled for parts of the Pacific Northwest. Further east in the U.S., temperatures are scheduled to be up to 40 degrees above normal. Record high temperatures are expected in many regions. In both cases, combinations of manipulated atmospheric pressure zones are being utilized by the climate engineers. Ionosphere heater facilities like HARP, H-A-A-R-P, are utilized in this process. Pressure zones steer upper level wind currents, which in turn steer moisture flows. Translation, the geoengineers control the spigot. I encourage everyone to research what an ionosphere heater is and what it does. It is profound. You have to see this data to believe it. The transmission of millions of watts of microwave energy into the ionosphere causes an electrical chain reaction, which creates massive heating in the planet's atmosphere. And this pushes the atmosphere up and down. It affects pressure zones. To learn more about what ionosphere heaters can do, search and view this documentary narrated by Martin Sheen titled Holes in Heaven. It can be viewed online for free. The same engineered weather extremes are occurring in other parts of the world. A reminder of this headline recently covered on this broadcast. Temperature contrast across Russia reaches 153 degrees. Such a variance is truly shocking and unimaginably devastating for the last remaining strands of the planet's formerly thriving web of life. There's now often no definitive statement on what elevation snow is, quote, scheduled for because the forecasters, a.k.a. script readers, have no way of knowing with certainty until it happens. Script readers is the appropriate term, as defense industry contractor Raytheon, who's a primary climate engineering patent holder and participant, does all the weather modeling for the National Weather Service and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, i.e. the nation's weathermen. And the local weather personnel, all of them, are literally reading scripts passed down from the top, from the weather makers themselves. So we're listening to what amounts to the scheduled weather. But many say if this was true, the nation's weather personnel would say something, right? No. There's an illegal federal gag order on all National Weather Service and all National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration personnel. So much for freedom, democracy, and free speech. About the weather in the chemical cooldown zones, this footnote, freakish freezing fog scenarios are increasingly associated with the chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding onslaughts, along with frozen material that we're told is snow that often sticks around at far above freezing temperatures and through days and days of rain. Ice storms are increasingly now the norm. Why? Because as they are seeding moisture that is at far above temperature levels where it would normally naturally nucleate, there's a transition zone between the warmer precipitation and where the material begins to actually freeze before it hits the surface. So much of this material hits the surface and then freezes. And thus you have now ice storms commonly occurring in the transition zones between the warmer precipitation and the so-called snow. And for the record, lab testing has proven we are dealing with chemically nucleated snow. More on that shortly. 
This term refers to all that I just described. Rain turning over to snow. Translation, snow is scheduled. So when you hear your local weather forecaster using such a term, you know he's covering the tracks of the climate engineers. Here's more deceptive climate engineering cover-up phrases that are now commonly used by the scheduled weather script readers that we are told are weather scientists. The term mostly sunny. And we see this term sometimes six, seven, eight days in advance of days in which there are no natural clouds in the sky, only the jet aircraft dispersed filth that eventually, on many days, covers the entire skyline. AccuWeather has this term also as well. Some sun, then turning cloudy. This term is used by the so-called weather forecasting script readers to describe those days that begin sunny, but after the aircraft begin their dispersions, crisscrossing the sky, and these dispersions spread out, by the end of the day, you have a filth covering the entire skyline. Welcome to solar radiation management. Welcome to climate engineering, cloud albedo enhancement, the epitome of human insanity, playing God with the weather, thinking that spraying toxic, light scattering, light reflecting particulates in the atmosphere is somehow going to do anything but eventually kill us all. And for those that are still cheerleading so-called renewable energy, but denying climate engineering, consider that climate engineering operations radically diminish all three primary forms of so-called renewable energy, solar, wind, and hydro. Geoengineering blocks direct sunlight, which radically reduces solar power. Geoengineering reduces atmospheric convection, which reduces overall wind, which of course must and is reducing wind turbine power. I'm speaking from experience on that factor. Geoengineering reduces overall global rainfall, which radically reduces hydropower, speaking from experience as well. Not to mention killing forests on which all of our lives completely depend. And yet, all those that push so-called renewable energy as something that will save us from ourselves continue to deny the climate engineering insanity. My criticism of alternative forms of energy comes from one who has a background in it. I was part of the electrical construction component for the first commercial solar plant of its type in the U.S., the SEGS facility, built in the Mojave Desert in the early 80s, which is now an empty field of blowing sand. The facility is gone. It was dysfunctional to begin with and was removed not long after construction. Further, about my criticism of so-called renewables, which aren't actually renewable, my off-grid home, which was featured as a cover article on the world's largest renewable energy magazine, is powered by solar, wind, and hydro, all of which have been greatly hampered by the relentless climate engineering assault. Thus, I'm now often forced to rely on a backup diesel generator to get by, when in the past, I went for years at a time without ever needing to even start a generator. There's so much more that we're not being told about so-called renewables. Are they better than straight up burning of carbon-based fuels? Yes, of course. Is so-called green energy going to save us from ourselves? No. For a shocking education on this subject, view the documentary Planet of the Humans. Moving on, there's this alarming scenario to consider. Deciduous trees fully foliated with stone dead leaves often hanging on limbs all winter long. Defoliants are clearly being utilized by the climate engineers to augment the public's perception of a change of season in spite of a collapsing climate system. In regard to testing precipitation for defoliants, it's very difficult without knowing which specific type to test for. But here's what we see occurring for the last decade plus. After specific rains in the fall, days later, leaves start to die, wad up, and hang on the trees. Again, in certain sheltered locations where the wind doesn't blow them off, they might hang there all winter long. This is not nature. This is not a natural function of the tree to have the leaf die on the limb and hang there all winter long. The tree would normally release that leaf when the temperatures encourage it to do so, when they're cold enough, long enough to trigger that change. That's not, not happening in many regions. Thus, we see what appears to be the climate engineers attempting to force what appears to be a change of season to the public. And again, consider that the U.S. military was defoliating entire jungles in the 60s. How much further has that technology advanced now? And they don't care how toxic any of this is. Understand that. They don't care at all. There's no regulation for them in the sky. None. Zero. Governments around the globe have made sure there is no regulation whatsoever. And we have Senate documents going back decades, one 800 pages long. You can search geoengineeringwatch.org, massive Senate document. In that particular document, it calls for the total blanket legal immunity for all those involved in these programs for obvious reasons. 
For more detailed information on all that I just described, search geoengineering, climate collapse, dead leaves, and defoliants. That's one title, and you can find a short but detailed video report. About what's in the rain, here's another harbinger. Uniform rapid fire drizzle. Droplet sizes should not all be the same, and when you see a very, what appears to be a rapid fire drizzle in puddles or bodies of water, that's indicative of rain that's being heavily seeded. We've tested this repeatedly, and when we find this scenario going on, we typically see pH values that are far higher than they should be. Rain pH should be about 5-6 because of atmospheric carbon loading. We seen as high as 6-6-6-8 in this type of rainfall. That's 10 to 12 times above normal, and that type of rainfall is generally very saturated with aluminum. Aluminum count extremely high. We've seen single rain events as high as 3,450 parts per billion. We are not shooting from the hip at geoengineeringwatch.org. We're not speculating. We're not hypothesizing. We cite lab tests and science study to back up our conclusions. Here's another side note. How many are still touting a, quote, coming solar minimum narrative, which is simply another form of climate engineering cover-up, a narrative to cover the tracks of the climate engineers and chemical ice nucleation operations? Just for the record, to put the solar minimum narrative into perspective, even the Maunder minimum during the era known as the Little Ice Age, there was only a 0.25% reduction in the sun's impact on the planet. That's a 1 400th reduction, a literal drop in the bucket compared to the earth changes now wreaking havoc on the planet that are directly connected to human activity with climate disruption operations at the top of that list. Please, for those pushing this narrative, why are you helping to cover the tracks of the climate engineers and chemical ice nucleation operations? Doing so is extremely counterproductive in the battle to expose and halt the climate engineering insanity. So about the official headlines from AccuWeather earlier this week. This headline, triple threat of snow, ice, and rain continues to disrupt holiday shopping and travel. From that report, returning across the northeastern United States this week in snow, ice, and rain are expected to disrupt holiday travel and dampen last-minute holiday shopping. There's a follow-up headline to this, so stay tuned. After recording challenging warmth, again, the weather whiplash scenarios surged across the Northeast over the past week, a chilly mix of precipitation, there's the mix again, rain turning over to snow, began to arrive on Friday night as sleet was reported in central Pennsylvania that melted away quickly, not surprising, after landing on roads and decks of homes along with some rain. It's easy to see through these headlines if you understand what's happening. Further north, light snow began to fall early on Saturday, again, the transition from rain to a mix to snow. Around Jamestown, New York, accompanied by a thick layer of cold air. The cold air that's created is dense, heavy, falls to the surface. The temperatures can be 15, 20 degrees higher at altitude. Think about that. We've had pilots contact us at geoengineeringwatch.org, two of them former military. They fly private jets and some very important people. They were unimaginably alarmed because their jets had recently been pushed into a forced autopilot descent from above 40,000 feet because the temperatures outside were 40 degrees above normal. The air was not dense enough to even carry that aircraft. Think about that. No one's reporting on this type of scenario. This AccuWeather report continues with this. Snow, sleet, and freezing rain, there you have it, also affected portions of the Northeast on Saturday, said AccuWeather meteorologist Lauren Hyde. Much of Massachusetts and parts of New York and Connecticut featured a wintry mix with the glaze of ice. All of this is so clearly everything I've just described. And yet we have these so-called weather forecasting disinformation actors covering the tracks of the climate engineers. They further state AccuWeather forecasters urge motorists to drive slowly and carefully if they have to travel about the snow and our testing of the so-called snow that's been chemically nucleated, it contains surfactants. If you don't know what surfactants are, please look it up. It changes the molecular tension of water molecules. It's surfactants are what make soap soap. It's what makes soap slippery. It does the same to snow. I grew up in snow, Southern California, San Gabriel Mountains, very different than today, extraordinarily different. 
Final statement from this article, quote, for areas that received rain Saturday afternoon and evening, the threat for icy roads and sidewalks may appear Saturday night as colder air rushes back in again, right on the heels of the departing storm. Again, warmth, then precipitation comes in, chemical ice nucleation, cold dense layer of air settles to the ground, can stay on the ground even after the storm passes through, and thus we have this type of headline. Trying, the climate engineers trying to mask the true severity of planetary meltdown abrupt climate collapse at the cost of actually further fueling the overall process. Another headline from AccuWeather. Snowflakes could fly in Seattle and Portland just in time for Santa's arrival. Imagine that. Exactly the type of headlines the controllers and the climate engineers want. Question. When record-shattering heat and wildfires scorch a region, does corporate media end a headline with something like this? Quote, just in time for Satan's arrival? No, they don't do that. We just want to have this fantasy world of Santa and snow and climate engineering and everybody goes about their life as if the planet's not completely imploding. We live in an asylum, an absolute planetary asylum. The AccuWeather report continues with this. The coldest air mass of the season thus far will impact the Pacific Northwest right in time for Christmas weekend. That's a statement from AccuWeather senior meteorologist Dan Pitanowski. He states bitter cold Siberian air is expected. First, it's not bitter cold Siberian air. It's air that's chemically nucleated off the coast as it comes on shore. We can see it on satellite imagery flashing out to snow for no apparent reason. Not orographic enhancements, not going over mountains. It just flashes out to snow as it's being bombarded with chemical ice nucleating elements. They say it's expected to rush southward across British Columbia and Alberta, Canada. Again, creating potential record cold. They say 15 to 30 degrees Fahrenheit below average. That's what this report states. 30 degrees below average in regions that were 121 degrees not long ago. They then state, anyone enjoying Christmas night outside with family and friends will need to bundle up as Seattle could challenge its record low of 22 degrees. It's certainly much different than last Christmas in Seattle, added Pitanowski, when the temperature just a few days before the holidays soared to 60 degrees, setting a new daily record high. Record high last year, record cold this year. Welcome to geoengineering. Final excerpt from this report, quote, heavy snow can cause damage to trees and power lines across the area, end quote. They got that part right. The chemical ice nucleated concrete snow definitely does damage. Seven inches of snow once melted here in Northern California contained about three inches of liquid. That's astounding. That's absolutely unheard of. This is cement snow. Why? Because they're nucleating moisture that should not naturally nucleate. The warmer the air mass, the more moisture it can contain. Thus, this often concrete-like snow is wreaking havoc on trees, homes, everything, because it's so incredibly heavy and often doesn't melt as it should because it's an endothermic reacting element in this that causes it to nucleate to begin with. It behaves very differently than a naturally nucleated frozen material. Let's continue. There's also this from AccuWeather. Later in the week, as I stated earlier, I would have a follow-up headline. This is it. Tracking the small and shrinking chances for a white Christmas. When they, This is a follow-up to the earlier article that stated there would be a white Christmas in the Northeast. Now it's small and shrinking by the end of the week. Endothermic reacting elements tend to dry up the precipitation. That's part of how they create this energy-absorbing reaction. So they need a tremendous amount of moisture to nucleate and, and to have a substantial amount fall on the ground. So we see huge areas now that they tout as some major winter event that only have one or two or three inches of snow. In places, it's higher, but it's often radically sensationalized. And we captured a geoengineeringwatch.org, an image on... Flat topography in Kansas, a stripe of snow 10 miles wide and 300 miles long across flat topography. Tell me how nature accomplishes that. That's the aircraft dispersing its elements moving across that region and created literally a stripe of snow where they probably didn't intend it to be because it was shockingly obvious what it was. This report from AccuWeather states less than a week out from Christmas, it looks increasingly like the majority of the nation won't have snow on the ground when Santa comes down the chimney. A giant theater of idiocy. All of it, it is. I, I, I marvel at it every day. I, I wake up and wonder how I ended up in, in this type of asylum. The AccuWeather headline then ends with this. There will be a couple of pockets of the country that may get some last-minute help from Mother Nature just in time for the holiday i.e. meaning some unexpected snow somewhere where there's enough moisture for the climate engineers to nucleate it and create a flurry of frozen 
toxic material here and there. And this is not in the mother nature. This is the geoengineers. Let's continue with more from so-called AccuWeather. Record warmth to roast parts of U.S. on Christmas. The report states record warmth has been a common occurrence around the country this December as Christmas draws near. The southeast and the south central United States are likely to continue this legacy with more records likely to be broken. Those are all-time high records for those regions. A high-pressure system, remember what I brought up earlier, ionosphere heaters create exactly what they're describing here. It becomes centered over the southeast and a storm moves in and spins over the northern Rockies. High-pressure dome. Northern Hemisphere spins upper-level winds clockwise around that dome like a pulley spinning a rope or the fan wheel on the front of a car. You have all the pulleys that spin the fan belt, some clockwise, some counterclockwise, and they can steer the jet stream in just that manner. AccuWeather is predicting Dallas to reach 80 degrees on Christmas Day. The actual temperatures on the ground are now forecast to be pushing 90, by the way, which would tie the record high. They'll certainly exceed it. They're underreporting high temperatures commonly, three, four, five degree underreporting. The report continues with this. Many other cities may find their December 25th record high also in jeopardy this year. Temperatures in Houston and New Orleans may come close to records with highs of 84. Again, underreporting going on there. They then state there will be temperature departures of 15 to 25 degrees and even 30 degrees above average. And for the record, other sources cite up to 40 degrees above normal temperatures are coming. So consider 40 degrees below normal in part of the U.S., not far away, 40 degrees above normal. Welcome to weather and temperature whiplash, i.e. climate engineering. Continuing, there's more. The setup will bring gusty winds along with the drier weather, especially during Christmas Eve. They said this combination will bring great concern for yet more wildfires, winter wildfires, in addition to dangerous travel conditions. They state dangerous fires already caused damage to structures in Kansas earlier this month after a dust storm impacted the area. Last week, a fire in the panhandle of Oklahoma caused officials to encourage evacuations of some residents in the city of Guymon. Several regions of the U.S., in addition to the south-central states, have had their fair share of record warmth already this month. Northeast experienced record warmth earlier in December, with April-like temperatures being reported throughout the area. On December 11th, New York City, Philadelphia, and Buffalo, New York, climbed to the mid to upper 60s, while Washington, D.C. reached 70 the same day. Again, we see a lot of underreporting going on, even with these temperatures. Temperatures again soared into the 60s in parts of the Northeast on December 16th. Buffalo set a daily record high, 64 degrees. One day later, Washington, D.C. set a record daily high of 65 degrees on December 17th. To start the month, some parts of the Rocky Mountain regions experienced warmer weather on December 1st, then on June 1st, Denver hit 73 degrees on December 1st and set a record high in the process. The high on June 1st was only 70 in Pueblo, Colorado. Moving on to this from agweb.com. Report states nothing left. Kansas ranchers lose houses, barns, and livestock in uncontrollable wildfires. And for those who haven't seen it, in fact, YouTube already took this video down because they don't want people to see things like this. There's a shocking video taken of livestock, cows that were fried alive in the field by these unprecedented wind-blown fires of 60, 70 miles an hour, and ranchers stating they've never, ever seen anything like this before. It is a shocking, heartbreaking video. If you can find it, again, YouTube already took it down because they don't want the public to see what's going on, what we're not being told about, what the mainstream media will never mention. But please search for that particular video. Next headline, Dallas could break record for warmest Christmas day ever. Another headline, same theme, no snow. Chicago breaks record for latest ever first snowfall. But again, wherever the climate engineers can direct enough moisture to chemically nucleate and create the illusion of winter on a planet that's a total meltdown, they do so. And as already stated in the Pacific Northwest, including Northern California, we've been hit by the brunt of climate engineering operations and patented processes of chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. Again, search the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. There's more scheduled winter weather at the moment in the Pacific Northwest, although it seems that nearly every day the entire long-term forecast completely changes because the climate system is completely breaking down. The climate engineer's intervention with it is furthering that process, accelerating it rapidly. A final headline to drive the point home on the super slick, surfactant-laced so-called snow. This headline, also from AccuWeather, Travelers beware, slippery winter storms could zap Christmas joy. They state, on the heels of the sneaky 
slippery snow event for parts of the northeast in New England. Thursday night into Friday, many roads were left slippery. Hmm. Yeah, I know snow is slick. I know ice is slick, but it's much more slick when it's laced with surfactants, and it is. Our lab tests have proven it multiple times and tests from the West Coast to the East Coast. Final excerpt from this report that's very transparent when you understand what's actually occurring. Forecasters expect most areas that received a light snowfall, again, the endothermic reacting materials drive much of the atmospheric precipitation in the process of cooling it down on Christmas Eve to be on the receiving end of an icy mix of precipitation, been over that in this broadcast, before a transition to mostly rain. This storm will drag in milder air a few thousand feet above the ground, the warmer air that's above the colder, dense layer of air that they created with the nucleation, which will lead to the mixture of sleet and freezing rain as opposed to all snow. Covering the tracks of the climate engineers is what so-called weather forecasters are about now. That's what they do. Let's take a look at Europe from severeweather.eu. A remarkable pressure pattern now unfolds over Northern Hemisphere, affecting the winter weather in North America and Europe into next year. The report states the pressure systems are now rearranging over the Northern Hemisphere. Again, I've been all over these high pressure and low pressure scenarios that help to steer the upper level wind currents and thus the precipitation, which they can chemically nucleate. They then say creating a unique winter weather pattern for the rest of the month and for the early days of 2022. They then state beware of, quote, arms of extending from the polar vortex into the lower latitudes, bringing along colder air and snowfall. These arms pack a lot of energy and can create strong winter storms. Again, please search and view geoengineering, creating freeze fry extremes. For answers, that exact title, Geoengineering Creating Freeze Fry Extremes. They state a massive cold outbreak heads for Europe this week, but what about snow and a white Christmas forecast? Or should the headline read the Christmas scheduled weather? And here's the follow up headline when the scenario didn't work out exactly as the climate engineers planned Arctic cold outbreak into Europe, followed by warmth for Christmas. Just another glaring example again of climate engineering winter weather whiplash. And there's this, a monster blocking high to dominate Europe. Pressure zones, ionosphere heaters, inseparable. What's happening in the Arctic? From sciencethewire.in, the Arctic is changing so fast, it's shocking scientists who study it. This report states, a rapid and pronounced human-caused warming continues to drive most of the changes and ultimately is paving the way for disruptions that affect ecosystems and communities far and wide, i.e. the human race. And about the other side of the world... From Climate Action Australia, Pilbara could set new Australian temperature record. They're talking about high records as extreme heat wave grips northern western Australia. Extreme heat wave conditions leave locals sweltering. Do we hear anything about any of this from corporate media sources that feed us nothing but nonsense 24-7? No, we don't hear anything about it. Moving on about Earth's oceans, also a target of the climate engineers. And for the record, if the oceans die, we will die. It's happening at blinding speed, and we are very advanced in that scenario already. From multiple science sources, this, we're a step closer to geoengineering the oceans. Blatant, glaring lie. Ocean alteration is part of climate engineering operations and has been for decades and decades. What they spray over the oceans as solar radiation management, cloud albedo enhancement, to try to block some of the incoming thermal energy from the sun over the oceans, traps more heat than it deflects. And these elements that are being used are also being utilized for ocean fertilization to force the oceans to uptake more carbon than they already have, which is killing them even faster in order to mask the true severity of atmospheric carbon buildup and to keep business as usual just a bit longer. This report states the National Academy of Sciences released a major report chronicling six techniques to turn the oceans into a carbon dioxide vacuum. That's what a great idea. Again, as if it's not acidifying fast enough already. The U.S. government has moved one step closer to turning science fiction into reality. The federally funded National Academy of Sciences released a new report laying out six avenues to alter oceans in an attempt to suck more carbon dioxide out of the sky and store it for centuries to come in the ocean dead zones now. The blanket term for these methods and others that use land and machinery alike is carbon dioxide removal, also known as a form of geoengineering. Let's remember the, I think it's called the ORCA, the largest carbon vacuum facility that sucks carbon out of the air and tries to store it. Large facility, biggest one of its kind in the world, and a whole year of its production using lots of energy to do what it does 
takes up three seconds of carbon from what the human race produces in a year. Three seconds worth. How absurd is that? Touting that as some form of a cure. The oceans already suck up a quarter of humanity's carbon, this report states, but they, along with other biological carbon sinks, will need to do a lot more in the future to keep global warming below 1.5 degrees Celsius. In other words, nature that's already brutalized to the point of total collapse will need to do more for us, the human race, so we can keep the party going. First, as I've already stated, Earth's oceans have already been saturated with far more than one quarter of the human-produced CO2. Next, forcing our seas to deal with even more acidifying CO2 will only kill what life is left, even faster than it's already dying. Next, we passed 1.5 degrees C of warming since the pre-industrial baseline decades ago. Question, do the global controllers actually have any intention of altering their business-as-usual behavior? No, absolutely not. They're not about to let go of their hegemonic power, not until the brutal bitter end. They will go down with the ship because they can't stop what they're doing. Power is addictive and those in power are clinically insane. Why would we expect their behavior to change? From the UK Guardian, this global demand for coal could hit all-time high in 2022. It just keeps going up. They're not going to change. So much for the smoke and mirror climate conference facades, which are really only pushing climate engineering as a way to mask what's happening, again, until we hit the wall at full velocity. On the same theme, New from the LA Times, Biden's climate bill might be dead, but he just approved two huge solar farms. Fits into everything I've already covered on this broadcast. The Interior Department gave the green light Tuesday to two huge solar farms in the California desert. A reminder that Biden administration still has tools to combat climate change, even if it can't pass the president's, quote, build back better bill. That's a lot of bees. Let's look at gases like hexafluorothane used in solar panel production. 17 thousand times more potent to greenhouse gas than CO2. That doesn't sound very green to me, does it to you? Will the so-called climate science community save us with their brilliant deductions? Not likely. Consider the following example of their genius from UNM, that's University of New Mexico, .edu .news. UNM scientists find climate-driven tree mortality and fuel aridity, dryness, increases wildfire fuel availability. Wow, what a brilliant deduction. They state, research suggests dead fuels lead to bigger, more intense fires. It takes a team of scientists to determine that? New research conducted by scientists at the University of New Mexico suggests climate-driven tree mortality and fuel aridity are increasing fuel availability in forests, leading to record-breaking wildfires in size, spread, and plume formation. You want to know about wildfires and the connection to geoengineering? Please, please search this. One of our most important reports we've ever done. It will be very, very important as we come to the next summer of from hell, which is where we're headed. Search wildfires serve geoengineering agenda. And we have all these so-called scientists pretending that climate engineering isn't cutting off precipitation to vast swaths of forest. The precipitation that does fall is highly toxic, laced with heavy metals like aluminum. We know this because we've tested all over the globe, 70 lab tests, 70 in Northern California alone. That aluminum shuts down nutrient uptake in the roots. So they not only have not enough water, but the water they do get is toxic. They can't defend themselves from beetles. They're frying from the top down because geoengineering is destroying the ozone layer far more than any other factor. The ozone layer is collapsing. We probably have, based on our statistics and our readings and our measurements, about five years until total ozone layer collapse. Game over at that point. That event alone, not counting everything else that I'll cover, that I already covered in this broadcast and that I will cover later in this broadcast. And we have none of this acknowledged by the so-called climate science community. And the best they can do is to tell us that dead, dry fuel burns better then live wet fuel, a team of scientists to tell us that. They continue, burn forests with large numbers of bark beetle killed trees and they don't acknowledge what's really killing the trees. The beetle is only a symptom of everything else I just described. They state, we found that tree mortality transitioned substantial amounts of biomass from living to dead. When trees die, they go from living to dead. And we need a science team to tell us that. A CAL FIRE summary reported estimates of 80% tree mortality, 80% in Colorado. Inventory and analysis data estimates of lodgepole pine. Mortality in mountain pine beetle infestation range from 40 to 50%. It's worse than that. The trees that are still hanging on are all but dead. The so-called science team from UNM then states this. We're trying to understand the relationship between the climate 
and how all this tree mortality from drought and insects is going to change the amount of fuel availability. This is moronic, absolutely moronic. And we're told to believe the so-called experts that the best they can do is reach a deduction that a five-year-old could reach. Question, how many are now completely asleep at the wheel on autopilot? Reason is no longer a part of the equation for so much of the human race. Menticide. Look that one up again. Here's a definition. The term menticide is derived from the root word mens, meaning mind, and side meaning to kill. Thus, menticide means to kill the mental process, even so far as to kill one's own mind. The following factors have all, of course, made the situation worse. Fluoridated water, aluminum and mercury in various pollutants and medical treatments, in fact, countless highly toxic chemicals in our environment and even in our food, the list goes on and on and on. And let's add the programming now that bombards us from every possible direction. The sky could be in fire and people wouldn't notice it because they're clinging to their iPhones, disconnected from nature, disconnected from reality. Where exactly are we collectively headed? Toward planetary omnicide, of course. Power structures that build thousands and thousands of nuclear bombs, which contaminate the planet for billions of years, they have tested these bombs, some 2,400 of them, on pristine landscapes, oceans, and islands, exposing hundreds of thousands of innocent civilians. Such behavior and actions are not sane, and the same holds true for the nuclear power plants, all of which will soon enough descend into total meltdown scenarios. Fukushima times about 500, coming. Question, why do so few care? Is the zombie apocalypse now? And why are so many willing to go along with the orchestrated controller insanity on countless fronts? What will it take to break the current trajectory? Consider this nugget from Howard Zinn. The most formidable military machine depends ultimately on the obedience of its soldiers that the most powerful corporation becomes helpless when its workers stop working, when its customers refuse to buy its products, the strike, the boycott, the refusal to serve, the ability to paralyze the functioning of a complex social structure, these remain potent weapons against the most fearsome state or corporate power. Well spoken, Mr. Zinn. And another nugget from Orwell. Will the man in the street ever feel that freedom of the mind is as important and as much in need of being defended as his daily bread. Over the last 20 years, there's been countless moments in which I felt so fatigued from my nonstop slog in this battle over so many years that I wanted to give up. But I can't. I won't. Giving up, going silently into the night, is not an option. Commonly, after a full day's work in the battle, trying to tend as many fires as I can on the front line of the fight, I find myself packing geoengineering watch.org materials in the late hours of the night for shipping around the country and around the world, trying to arm dedicated activists with the printed materials they need to effectively and efficiently sound the alarm. Sharing dire truths that precious few even want to hear is never easy. How many have experienced those very awkward moments when attempting to share unpleasant truths with those that are not interested in even hearing, let alone contemplating facts that don't fit in with their programmed view of the world. The verifiable truth on so many dire issues is not hard to sift out of the background noise for those that are willing to summon the courage to do so. Again, the controllers know the planet's collapsing life support systems can no longer support the current paradigm. So again, I ask, what should we, what must we expect from the controllers in regard to their actions and their objectives? An easy answer if the eyes are wide open. In regard to our dying biosphere, how dire is our near-term future likely to be? Consider the following recent report title from Robert Burroughs, Human Extinction, Now Imminent and Inevitable, a report on the state of planet Earth. There are at least four distinct paths to imminent, that is within five years, human extinction. Nuclear war, possibly started regionally, biodiversity collapse, already well advanced and teetering on the brink, the deployment of 5G, commenced recently and still rapidly expanding, and the climate catastrophe, with covert and completely illegal climate intervention operations further fueling the scenario. 
Needless to say, each of these four paths might unfold in numerous ways. Unfortunately, there's much more to the equation. Countless converging cataclysms are closing in by the day, from every direction. What has been, and will continue to be, the response of the controllers? The same controllers that have long since been announcing their desperation to reduce global populations, i.e. to thin the herd. That blank isn't hard to fill in for any that are willing to summon the courage to do so, starting with honest, unbiased, and objective investigation from independent sources, truly independent sources. How dark is the horizon for the coming year? The following is a summary update on the state of the world, on unfolding ecological collapse and thus inevitable and imminent societal collapse. There are other possible or probable paths to extinction in the near term, particularly when considered in conjunction with the four threats mentioned a moment ago. These additional threats include the cascading impacts triggered by the destruction of the Amazon rainforest, which is now imminent, particularly given its critical role in the global hydrological cycle, the rapidly spreading radioactive contamination of Earth, and geoengineering, i.e. climate intervention operations, not just for military purposes, but to attempt to mask the true severity of planetary implosion from the public until the brutal bitter end. All of this has been going on for decades, and it continues to be ramped up. Far worse, however, is the path to extinction that looms before us when we consider the impact of all seven of these paths in combination with the vast range of other converging threats, which we also face. These interrelated threats have generated a shocking series of points of no return, tipping points that we have already crossed, the mutually reinforcing set of positive feedback loops, which does not mean good in this case, that we have already triggered and which we will continue to trigger, which cannot be reversed in the short term, or even in any time frame that matters. And there is also the ongoing synergistic impacts of the various extinction drivers, such as ongoing extinctions, because dependent species have lost their resource species, i.e. the species they depend on for their own immediate survival, which includes us and the habitat which we are losing by the day. What we have set in motion can't be halted, irrespective of any remedial action we might take. Hence, taking into account all of the above factors, the prospects of averting human extinction in the near term are now remote at best. Why has this happened? Why do we find ourselves in this place? Because long-standing dysfunctional human behavior, which we have not even begun to recognize as the fundamental driver of this extinction crisis, let alone address, has now trapped us all between the proverbial rock and a hard place. As an outcome of generally dysfunctional societal systems and educational models, as well as the political and economic systems these generate, we, as a species, continue to reproduce unchecked while we remain trapped by the global elite and its compliant international organizations, such as the United Nations, national governments, and corporations, most especially including the corporate media. The global elite are clinically insane and hence devoid of such qualities as conscience, empathy, compassion, and love. The controllers are clearly intent on exploiting our desire to suppress awareness of our emotional pain by overconsuming. They, the controllers, do this in order to feed their insatiable desire for profit, power, and privilege, no matter the cost to humanity, to the biosphere, and indeed to the entire web of life. A substantial number of countries and regions of the world, including the Amazon Basin, Australia, countries in Central Africa, many European countries, Indonesia, Siberia, North America, have each experienced and are still experiencing record wildfire incinerations, for example. Many of them out of the wildfire season and breaking records for their unprecedented destructive impact, demonstrating that the earth is literally burning up. Search the Engineering Wildfires section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. But this very visible symptom of our crisis, i.e. the epic wildfires, masks a vast quantity of evidence in many domains that is virtually unknown to most, but is also far more damaging. One acknowledgement of this crisis in Earth's biosphere was the fact that the doomsday clock of the Bolton of Atomic Scientists is now set at 
100 seconds to midnight, the closest it has ever been to, quote, doomsday. This status reflects the perilous state of our world, particularly given the renewed threat of nuclear war and the ongoing and accelerating climate collapse catastrophe being further fueled by the covert climate intervention operations. There are massive and unrelenting assaults on the biosphere apart from the climate that are also further fueling the rapidly accelerating biodiversity crisis, as we should expect, just as is the case with climate engineering not officially being acknowledged. The same is true, of course, of the ongoing monumental atrocities against fellow human beings. Under the direction of the global elite, the United States government and its NATO allies continued their perpetual war across the planet, wreaking devastation on many countries and regions, particularly in the Middle East and Africa. Other superpowers like China and Russia are also, of course, major contributors to the planetary decimation, contamination, and the oppression of various societal factions and individuals. One example is the U.S.-sponsored and supplied Saudi Arabian war against Yemen, which, under the UNHCR, that's United Nations High Commission for Refugees, characterizes as the worst humanitarian disaster in the world. There is also the U.S. use of depleted uranium ammunition in the Middle East and the Balkans. This truly lethal ammunition has a radioactive half-life of four and a half billion years with a B. Summary, forever. The U.S. military use of DU ammunition is only one of many factors related to the extraordinary military destruction of Iraq by the U.S. military juggernaut over the past 30 years. There is also the complete dismemberment of Libya as a result of NATO's bombing of that country and the subsequent assassination of its leader, Muammar Gaddafi, in 2011, the entirety of which has fueled carnage and chaos in that region to this day. The United States and its NATO allies have continued their efforts to destroy entire countries, also including Afghanistan, among others, at a staggering cost to their populations and environments. Not because these countries posed a threat to security anywhere, but rather these actions were undertaken to maintain geopolitical control and to facilitate the theft of these countries' resources at great profit to the global elite. The perpetually profitable perpetual war, by definition, has no end. But it still isn't yet socially acceptable to state too publicly or loudly that the global elite have again used the United States military and its NATO allies to destroy Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, and other nations going back many decades. The U.S. military at this point, sadly, is nothing less than a mercenary force for the service of empire. Endless excuses for the conduct of the U.S. empire and its allies must be manufactured and promulgated by the compliant corporate media and with a gullibly terrified human population disinclined to question authority. And unfortunately, the same worn-out formulas of propaganda continue to accomplish the public programming desired by power structures. Of course, Iran has long since been in the crosshairs of the global elite because of its extensive and thus hugely potentially profitable oil reserves, as well as the clear inclination of its leaders, both before and after the U.S. installed Shah, to make decisions in the interests of Iranians, including foreign policy decisions such as those related to defense and the role of nuclear weapons. Thus, the global elite ensured that the U.S. Congress, via removal by the Senate of a provision that had formally prevented the Pentagon from waging war against Iran or assassination of its officials in the National Defense Authorization Act, which thus effectively authorized President Trump to order the assassination of General Soleimani. Question, how many have actually conducted an honest and objective investigation of who this individual was? Soleimani was the head of Iran's Quds Force, the foreign arm of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard, Iran's elite military force, and he was the key figure in the fight against terrorism in the Middle East. His assassination was carried out in clear contempt of international law. 
There was little to no outrage in the U.S. population, who continued to care little about international laws that are routinely ignored and broken by their own government and their own military. All such events are completely related to and inseparable from the current and ongoing escalation of tyranny by the same global controllers, now being inflicted on populations around the world. And for the record, whatever your opinion of Iran, they have not invaded or illegally occupied any other country for well over 200 years. The U.S. military, on the other hand, in less than 100 years, has destabilized, invaded, and or illegally occupied nearly 100 countries and has about 800 bases around the world in other people's countries. Thus, I ask, which nation is truly the greatest threat to so-called global security? But even as the planet's life support systems spiral toward total collapse, the military-industrial juggernaut continues to expand itself like a malignant cancer. The U.S. Air Force Global Strike Command includes 20 B-2 stealth bombers, 76 B-52 bombers, and 450 Minutemen three intercontinental ballistic missiles, together capable of delivering thousands of nuclear warheads along with the U.S. Navy's submarine-launched Trident ballistic missiles, all of which when combined, are now capable of extinguishing essentially all life on Earth many times over within a matter of hours. Until next week, stay safe, stay strong. This is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.